0: All right. Um, so the title of my message is Created to Connect. You were created to connect with your creator. In the last two weeks, we've kind of been talking what, about what City Lights Church is all about. What is, what is this church about? And, and um, when, when the Lord uh, placed this vision to start a church on our hearts, my wife and I, we, we basically told the Lord... Um, all right, God, we'll do it. We'll do it under three conditions. Um, number one, if your presence goes with us, we are not doing this without you. We have to have your presence to go with us. And number two, we want it to feel like a family. And, um, and we want to have authentic community. And we want it to make an eternal difference. And that's kind of what has become to inform our, our strategy, which is encounter God. Um, that, that's about his presence. Empower people. That happens through authentic community. And shining, Um, that's how we make an eternal difference. And so the first Sunday that we're here, I talked about shining. I talked about what that looks like for us to go out... And engage our community, to engage the, our community with our testimony, and I kind of just preach the message just provoking you guys to, to, to know that you have a story to tell. And so we kind of started with shining, and then last week I talked about community, um, authentic community and the ups and downs of that, and it's, it's good, but it's also hard and it's messy. Um, and, but this week I want to talk about encounter, I want to talk about the presence of God. So we've kind of built our way backwards. Our premier value as a church actually is, and Count Matt, Matt said this at the beginning of the service, it is encounter God. And so we've kind of built, built this backwards. Um, but I need to say that when we talk about shining, making eternal difference, um, technically that is an overflow of these first two that I talked about. Um, it's, it's an over, shining is an overflow of encountering God's presence and being an authentic community. And I, I guess I would add to that too, um, the intersect of, of the word of God. So if those things are happening in your life, an overflow of that, you know your identity, you know who you are, you know, you know who you are and you know to whom you belong, you know whose you are, Right. The overflow of that identity is that you would shine. And sometimes, um, so that's, that's the fruit, but we got to talk about the root, right? So let's talk about the root today. Um, sometimes we, because we, we want to make a difference, right? Christians, we want to make a difference. We want to change the world. And sometimes we, we launch out and, we, and we, we go to do and we go to, to change the world. But if we're, if we're not careful, we can get into this performance mentality, where we're trying to be good enough for God, right? We're trying to conjure it up. We're trying to um, you know, get a testimony just so I can feel more Christian about myself. You know what I mean? But listen, if you have those first things in your life where you know who you are, you know your identity, you know your creator, um, you're engaged in authentic community, you have these healthy things, then what you have is health. And the overflow of that is that you would naturally shine. So we kind of want to kind of go backwards here, and we kind of got the cart before the horse a little bit in that regard, but I want to talk about the presence of God. This is, as Matt said, um, Pastor Matt said at the beginning of service, this is our premier value, the presence of God. We love God passionately. Our premier value is to love God passionately and encounter his presence through praise and worship. Lots of times when when you, any church you really go to, um, it doesn't really take very long. You kind of figure out what is the glue that holds that church together. We visited a lot of churches, my wife and I, in this, when we stepped away from our responsibilities at Res Church in Loveland, we visited a ton of churches. And almost immediately, you could find out what the glue was that held that church together. And that might have been like a dynamic speaker. Really, you know, really a great communicator. Or it might have been a great worship um, or a great children's ministry. I know, I know, families that um, they'll they'll go to like their second choice church because their kids like love the children's ministry, you know. And so you kind of find out what is the glue that holds um, any church together, and and really could figure that out pretty quickly. And listen. I hope to be inspiring communicator that provokes people to have a, a relationship with Jesus and all that stuff. But if I'm being honest, I don't want the glue that holds City Lights Church together to be like me or great speaking. Ultimately, it's God anyway. But really, what we, what we want and what we feel like the Lord is leading us to is that the glue that would hold this church together, this body together, is actually our agreement in the pursuit of the person and the power of God. And so um, the value and the pursuit of the presence of God is what we want this church to be about, and so for for many years, lots of churches. I'm not per, I'm not picking on any one church in particular. Um, and, not, and each church has kind of their own expression and their own thing that God's called them to. But for for years, many churches they gather around um, they gather around a the message. They gather around you know that's like the main thing. And um, you know when Israel was encamped in the desert. They gathered around the presence of God. And I, I picture and I, I, I envision a people that instead of gathering around the message necessarily, we gather around the presence of God. We're, we're following him, right? So that's who we want to be. And so you all have a legitimate need to connect with your creator. You were created to connect. You were created to connect with your creator. Ultimate fulfillment. We talked about relationships and how those are fulfilling and, 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 and good. And we're not really going to get where we need to be without relationships and they're hard and they're messy, but ultimately human relationships will let you down, right? If we put all of our stock in those, we will be disappointed, but there is a relationship of someone who will never let you down. That is your loving father, God. And if ultimately ultimate fulfillment comes from being connected to Jesus. And so we want to, we want to go there today. Um, kind of illustrate this point that we all have a legitimate need to be connected with um, our creator. Um, recently, uh, actually it was Friday, can I, can I have that little bottle of water that's, you're not supposed to really have water in here, but I think if you're speaking it's okay, right? My message, um, I, I like it to come together like obviously earlier in the week, and it really wasn't, I've preached on this many times, but... It wasn't really coming together towards the end of the week, and I think that was by design, because um, Friday night, I did something that I've never done before. And I took my daughter to a dance. We, did, we went to a daddy-daughter date, and I took her on a dance. And It was, it was um, well, it was interesting. Now, <clears throat> now, go ahead and put that, that pic, uh, first picture up. Oh, isn't that nice? Now, I might look like I'm cool, calm, and collected here, but... I had never taken my daughter on a date before. I was actually not, to be honest, and go ahead and put the other one up. Oh, see, we're dancing. Isn't that nice? She's so excited. She's so happy to be there. So, but to be honest, okay, you can take him down. Um, To be honest with you, I felt a little bit like a fish out of water. Um, um, And I asked my wife, I was like, I'm not sure, okay. We, we're going to dance. What do, we, what do I do? What, I'm not even sure what to do. I'm like nervous about it. I'd never done this before. And she's like, just take her out, have fun, treat her good. I'm like, okay. But listen, <clears throat> I never grew, I didn't grow up with this behavior where like you go take your daughters to dances and stuff like that. Because I grew up and I had, I had three brothers, two brothers, and my brother, and we fought every day. <laughs> Every day, And I'm not exaggerating. If we missed a day, we would make it up by fighting twice the next day. And um, I have a half-sister, but I didn't really grow up with her. She's much younger than me. We had all boys in the house. We were, we were boys. And my, my, my mom, she's, she's actually, um, she's, a, she's a woman, you know, woman, but she's a woman. Are you guys glad about that? But she's not like, but she's scrappy. My mom's scrappy. Like, she will fight you, okay? <laughs> like, she grew up fighting. She grew up, like, boxing and that kind of... She got in, in boxing matches and stuff like that. Um, my stepmom, um, Leanne, who, by the way, is working in the children's ministry, God bless her, um, she's, she's not really a girly girl, you know? And, and so, she, you know, flowers aren't really practical to her, and she doesn't really need flowers, that kind of stuff. So we grew up with, like, not a lot of awareness of, like, women's needs, <laughs> And so, and I, am just oblivious. When I got, when I met my wife and, and we got married, she like she had to train me. She had to like catch me up. We were we'd be walking down the sidewalk, and you know she's on the outside, and she's like, you know, the guy's supposed to walk on the outside. Um, and I'm like, why? Why does the guy need to walk on the outside? You know, because if a car splashes, I'm like, the road's dry, you know. Or it's like, or if or if there's no water here, or if like the car were to hit us it would hit you and like I might get saved <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing apparently that's a thing you're supposed to sacrifice yourself I don't know <laughs> and so um now I opened doors and like restaurants and that kind of thing I knew that I had enough sense for that one but like car doors I'm telling you the clicker ruins people for opening car doors for women like I don't know do you guys still do it you have the clicker but you still open the door for her Do you do that okay good you should you should but she's like, hey, you know, she had to train me. You should, op- you should be opening the door for me. And that's probably a credit to her dad over here who taught her how to, a man should treat her. Um, but, um, love you, Brad. Um, our first Mother's Day, um, my wife was, was pregnant for her first Mother's Day. I did not know that when a woman's pregnant, she fully expects to reap every benefit of Mother's Day. I was not aware of this. And I was kind of like, you know, downplaying, like, well, well maybe I had the baby yet, you know. You have to have the baby for—and I learned very quickly that is, that is not the case men. If your wife is pregnant, you've got to do Mother's Day. Um, I've even had men who are like, yeah, she's pregnant. I don't know, should we do Mother's Day? I'm like, yes, do Mother's Day. Go all out. Take her out. Do the whole, do the whole bit. So I was kind of hopeless. She—my wife caught me up on some things that I was, I was missing. So— um, I, I take Evie, my daughter, to this dance, and there's girls from ages 4 to 16. By the way, Matt Henderson is the one that gave me this idea. He, he, took, he takes his daughter, like, every year. And I'm looking around at these girls, and I'm thinking, these, these girls are lucky. Like, they have dads um, that actually care. And then it, it occurs to me, like, I had a lot of things happening in my mind. It was a bit of a crisis. No. No. Um, it occurred to me, like these girls are the same ages of girls who they're four to sixteen years old. They're the same ages of girls who are exploited all over the world for different reasons. And I'm like, man, it's amazing. These girls have dads that protect them, that add value to them, care about them. And so, um, so we sit down and, and there's a guy giving a speech. And and as he's giving a speech, I'm I I had this thought. I thought these girls will get needs met one way or another. Their value, their esteem, their self worth—they are going to get that. But the question is, where will they get that esteem from, right? And then, in like 30 seconds later, the guy that's speaking—he said the same exact thing that I just thought. And so, right there, I was like, "Well, sign me up. I'm, I'm not—I'm new at this. I'm not good at this. But I'm gonna—I'm gonna—I'm a trailblazer. I'm gonna—I'm gonna treat this girl good. I'm gonna give her value. I've been—I mean, I've been treating my daughters good and giving them value and esteem for years. But I'm like, sign me up." because I'm a trailblazer. And so this is, this is my point. You, in the same way that those girls, they are going to get value. They are going to get esteem from somewhere in the same way you are designed for connection. You are designed to, to draw esteem and to know who we are. We're human beings and we're, we're designed to connect with our creator. And so you, in fact, you cannot repent from and ignore that need and it won't make it go away if you do. Um, Inevitably, you will chase after connection, and I want to post to you that ultimate connection is Jesus. And at first, it might seem awkward. Like I started dancing with my daughter, and I'm like, "All right, I didn't know girls, like little girls, wanted to dance with their daddies." I'm like, "Oh, you want to do this? Okay." You know, they wanted this. All, like sixteen-year-olds, four-year-olds, they all wanted to dance with their dads. Why? I don't know. And so I'm, I i did not know that was a thing. So for me, it was like awkward at first. Like, okay, I'm dancing. Um, but listen, for some of you, like praise and worship, you're trying to, and this, this is one of the ways we, we engage with our Creator. This is, this is one of our premier values as a church, right? Um, this might be awkward to you. You know, raise your hand or praise God or these different postures of worship. And I just want to encourage you, like, begin to explore these, these, these postures of worship and begin to explore ways to connect with God through praise and worship. Um, but Jesus, Jesus is, H- Haggai chapter 2 7, it, t- it speaks of the Messiah, Jesus. It says that Jesus is the desire of all nations. So um, in every human being is the built-in, the built-in knowing that they want a king like Jesus. They might not have language for it. They might not know like that's him, but they, they, they want a king just like Jesus. At the core of every person, they want a king like Jesus, and they might not have language for it because, because um, God is the most loving father you could ever ask for. And he has good plans for your life. And so specifically, I want to I dive in and talk about divine connection. This is definitely not going to be an exhaustive study on worship or on connection with God. Um, but I want to give a few um, pointers here. So, um, so the question is, how do, we, how do we become a people of his presence? And for some, of, for some of you, like right away, you're like, what does that even mean, be people of his presence? Isn't God like, everywhere? Isn't he everywhere at once? You know, isn't he, the word is omnipresent, right? This is a, this is one of God's divine attributes. He's omnipresent. Everyone say omnipresent. That is the quality attribute of being everywhere at once. And there's, there's no other being in the universe who possesses that quality, but God, like the devil isn't omnipresent. No one is omnipresent. God is the only one who's omnipresent. David says this, um, Psalms chapter 139, verse seven through 10. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the, on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Um, there's other scriptures talk about he, 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 he holds the universe in the span of his hands. Like There's nowhere you can go to get away from God's presence. He is everywhere. He permeates the entire universe. In fact, in fact um, this is what holds creation together itself. Colossians chapter 1, says this, all things were created through him, speaking of Jesus, um, through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Literally, if God's presence ceased to exist ever at once, like our atoms would, our atoms would fly apart. How many are thankful that your atoms aren't flying apart? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I like my atoms together. You know, so I don't want my atoms flying apart. And so that's kind of like level one manifestation of God. Like he's everywhere at once. But he manifests himself in different ways. Okay, so let me, let's kind of, for lack of a better term, level two manifestation is this. The Bible says that when you get saved, Jesus comes and he takes up residence in your hearts, Right. It's like, well, wait a minute. Wasn't he already there if he's omnipresent? Well, there's another layer or another dimension of God's presence that happens when a person places their faith and trust in Jesus. The Bible says that he comes and he lives with them. He, he lives in their heart. First um, Corinthians 6.17 says this, But whosoever is united with the Lord is one in spirit with him. So God comes in and he, he becomes one in spirit with you. The language of this is, is, is similar to... <clears throat> It's similar to marriage. You know, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, right? And so something that never existed happens when a person trusts in Christ for the very first time. The Bible says that they become a new creation, a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. So God takes up residence in our heart. By the way, this is um, why—no— getting to that um so the new creation because that's kind of like level two manifestation level three manifestation um or dimension or whatever you want to call it um there is something special about when believers like this we gather together matthew chapter 18 20 says this for where there are two or for where two or three gather in my name there i am with them so there's something special about when when believers gather in his name for the reason of gathering with him. He's, Jesus says, I'm with you. When, you. when you come together in my name, I'm with you. Well, wait, isn't he everywhere at once? Well, yes, but he's also in our hearts, and he also comes in a different way, a different dynamic happens um, when we come together. This is why we should go to church, go to Bible studies, city groups. Um, by design, God... Um, moves in certain ways when we come together that he otherwise wouldn't necessarily move in. Does that make sense? And so it's important. It's important for us to come together like this. Um, a lot of people, they're like, can you be saved and go to heaven and have a relationship with God and never go to church? Yeah, you, you certainly can. But I would say you're missing out on a ton because it we're two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. There's something special that happens when we come together as believers, another dimension of his presence. And so level four manifestation is when God dwells in the midst of a people who are praising him together. And we just, we just did this. Have you ever walked into a room, and maybe this happened today for some of you, you walk into a room and like, um, or, or walk into a worship service, and, and like, whoa, all of, you're like, wow, the atmosphere feels so different here. You, like you're feeling the presence of God. You know what I'm talking about? You guys, can you identify with this? You walk into a room and you just feel the presence of God somewhere. <clears throat> I used to work, for years I worked retail I worked a lot of weekends and nights, and I, I had to miss a lot of church because of my job. So I was like always really excited when I could go to church. And I remember just, I'd come in, and there'd be praise and worship happening, and I, I just feel the presence of God. And it was like, and something in my heart was like, this is right. This is good. This is just. God, you're worthy to be praised. The world needs to be doing this. Like, you're worthy of our praise. And, and there was something, uh, uh, an atmosphere that happens when believers come together and worship God together. Psalms chapter 22. Verse 3, it says this, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Another translation says this, um, that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we praise him together, it creates an environment that God dwells in. And when God comes and we're his children, he likes to hang out with his children. He likes to speak to his children. He likes to encourage his children. He likes to heal his children, right? Right. He wants to help his children. He wants to interact with his children. When the, when the king comes, so does the kingdom. Is that how it goes? When the king comes, so does the kingdom. So there's a song that's like that. So he wants to save, heal, deliver, encourage, empower. Like you're here, and, and our father is here in the midst with us, and he wants to encourage, he wants to um, help us, right? So it's so good. And so... Um, that's why we, he's, he's ever at once, he lives in our hearts, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is, and he inhabits the praises of his people. And so as a church, this is super, this is one of the most, and, and to us, the most important thing that we do is gather to worship God. And maybe, again, maybe to you, worship is like, I don't know, I don't know what to do, I don't really feel like singing love songs to Jesus, you know. I don't know if you're man's man, like singing love songs to another man, that might seem weird. Listen, but like you're made for this. I want to say you're made for this, like, and, and I want to say when I when I started going going for this, like I just realized like he is the desire of the nations. He is everything that we want. You know, we had this strange thing happen last year when we decided to plan a church. We started talking with Matt and Jory. Um, behind the scenes, they were on board. They couldn't make any public announcements for, for a while after that. But we were talking about City Lights Church and what do we call it? And what, it, what is the church going to be like? And this thing started happening between the four of us that was bizarre. But we, st- we all started seeing the number 222. Two, two. So Emily said, I saw 222. Two, two. And Joy would text, hey, I took a picture of two, 222. And Matt was like, 222. Two, two. And we all started seeing this... Um, like, er, list, about this time last year, we kept, uh, like, grocery bills, gas prices, um, bills, um, addresses, phone numbers, the exit ramps, license plates, it, the clock, the time, billboards. Um, it was, I was gonna have my wife make a collage because we kept texting each other, all this, like, 222. This, we all kept seeing this. And we're like, we feel like God is speaking something to us that has to do with 222. I know this sounds bizarre for some of you, but we're like, we, we couldn't ignore it. It kept coming up. And, and actually, this tapered off in the fall. I, it hasn't really been happening as much anymore, but for like six months there, 222, 222. And so we're praying like, God, what is 222? And we researched it. I looked up every verse in the Bible that was was. To chapter two, verse twenty-two, or chapter twenty-two, verse two. I went through every verse in the Bible. We're trying to figure out what this thing is, and I th- we came to the consensus that what the Lord was showing us about City Lights Church is Ephesians two twenty-two. He was highlighting Ephesians two twenty-two um, as a church. I'm going to read this. I'm, we're going to go back to verse nineteen. I want to read this. So it says, "For through him, speaking of Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers." but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of apostles and prophets with Jesus uh, Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, in him the whole building is joined together and, and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. All right, this is it. Verse 22. And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. In him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We felt like the Lord was saying, putting a putting a stamp like this is what I want City Lights Church to be. I want it to be a place where I will dwell with my children by the power of my spirit. Guys, God wants to be with us. This is like the story of this is the story of like earth and creation and humanity. He's always wanted to be with us. He's always come to be with us. He's always come to redeem us back to him. And so, we believe God was declaring that over that we would be a people a people of his presence, a people of his spirit. Um, and I mentioned last week we, we almost named the church the belonging because we wanted it to be a place where people belong. Well, for this reason, we almost named it the dwelling place because of that, you know, and, and again, feedback we had was like, that sounds like a cult. So we didn't name it either one of those. <coughs> but City Lights Church was what we ended up with. All right, so we want to be a people of his presence. My point is you are hardwired for connection. You are hardwired to connect with your creator. You're hardwired to connect with people, but today we're talking about you're hardwired for connection with human beings. And so <clears throat> I want to just kind of, um, as I'm getting at the close here, um, there's a TED Talk that I came across this week, and um, the guy's talking about addictions, and he says, he says this, and you'll hear this in the video, the source of addiction is not just chemical hooks or chemical dependency, um, it's actually tied, a lot of it is tied to our legitimate need. We have a legitimate need to bond with something. And um, you were created to bond. You were created to bond with your creator. But what happens when people are misguided and, and, and don't know how to connect um, That's where addictions can step in. So go ahead and um, play this video, and then we'll wrap up here.
1: Professor Alexander explained to me, the idea of addiction we've all got in our heads, that story, comes partly from a series of experiments that were done earlier in the 20th century. They're really simple experiments. You can do them tonight when you go home, if you feel a little bit sadistic. You get a rat, and you put it in a cage, and you give it two water bottles. One is just water, and the other is water laced with either heroin or cocaine. If you do that, the rat will almost always prefer the drugged water and almost always kill itself quite quickly. So there you go, right? That's how we think it works. In the 70s, Professor Alexander comes along and he looks at this experiment and he noticed something. He said, ah, we're putting the rat in an empty cage. It's got nothing to do except use these drugs. Let's try something a bit different. So Professor Alexander built a cage that he called Rat Park, which is basically heaven for rats, right? They've got loads of cheese, they've got loads of colored balls, they've got loads of tunnels... Crucially, they've got loads of friends, they can have loads of sex, and they've got both the water bottles, the normal water and the drugged water. But here's the fascinating thing. In Rat Park, they don't like the drugged water. They almost never use it. None of them ever use it compulsively. None of them ever overdose. You go from almost 100% overdose when they're isolated to 0% overdose when they have happy and connected lives. Now, when we first saw this, Professor Alexander thought... You know, maybe this is just a thing about rats. They're quite different to us. You know, not, maybe not as different as we'd like, but, you know. Um, but fortunately, there was a human experiment into the exact same principle happening at the exact same time. It was called the Vietnam War. In Vietnam, 20% of all American troops were using loads of heroin. And uh, if you look at the news reports from the time... They were really worried because they thought, my God, we're going to have hundreds of thousands of junkies on the streets of the United States when the war ends. It made total sense. Now, those soldiers who were using loads of heroin were followed home. The Archives of General Psychiatry did a really detailed study. And what happened to them? It turns out they didn't go to rehab, they didn't go into withdrawal. 95% of them. Just stopped. Now, if you believe the story about chemical hooks, that makes absolutely no sense. But Professor Alexander began to think there might be a different story about addiction. He said, what if addiction isn't about your chemical hooks? What if addiction is about your cage? What if addiction is an adaptation to your environment? Looking at this, there was another professor called Peter Cohen in the Netherlands, who said, maybe we shouldn't even call it addiction. Maybe we should call it bonding. Human beings have a natural and innate need to bond. And when we're happy and healthy, we'll bond and connect with each other. But if you can't do that because you're traumatized or isolated or beaten down by life, you will bond with something that will give you some sense of relief. Now, that might be gambling. That might be pornography. That might be cocaine. That might be cannabis. But you will bond and connect with something because that's our nature. That's what we want as human beings.
0: It's pretty pretty powerful, huh? We were wired, hardwired to connect with something. Well, with our creator and with each other. And when that is denied or we can't find access to God or we can't find access to other people, we fill it with something, right? And I guarantee you every person here is in some way chasing that fulfillment. Every person is. Because you can't, you can't deny it. You can't stop chasing that fulfillment. Now, some of us are chasing after it in good ways and some of us are chasing after it in bad ways. But we were made for connection. We were made to bond um, I'm going to close with this first. Second Corinthians three seventeen through eighteen talks about the Spirit of the Lord. It says, "Now, the, now the Lord is Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom." That's good news, right? Amen. How many like freedom? Woo. Verse eighteen: "And we who with unveiled face, um, in other words, unveiled face, Jesus removed a veil. There was there was a dividing wall. Jesus removed it. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the glory of the Lord are being transformed into His image." with intensifying glory which comes from the Lord who is spirit. The Bible says that we when he transforms us and makes us more like him, more like Jesus, when we engage and we come in contact with the Holy Spirit. Now, again, is he everywhere at once? Yes. Is he in our hearts? Yes. Is he is he in the midst of two or three that are gathered? Yes. Is he is he in the midst of a people who are worshiping and praising him? Yes, like, it, but there's different layers to that, and I I propose to you that that what this is talking about here has more to do with this kind of environment. We're engaging God in praise and worship. We're encountering His presence through praise and worship. So we were made for this. We were made for connection. You were made for connection, and I want to just um, I guess I'm going to close with praying. This kind of a message is it's easier to catch it than to teach it. It's easier caught than taught, and I really can't. I can't do the other part. It's really the job of the Holy Spirit to be God. I can't be God for God. He's God. Um, to to connect with you. So I want to pray that something supernaturally happens in you guys. And many of you are well acquainted with what I'm talking about here today. But some of you have like no grade for this. And I want to pray a grace and anointing over us as a body to engage with the Lord and encounter His presence. And this is a this is a we're beginning a conversation today that. We don't ever plan on ending as a church. Like we want to continue to go after God. We love the Word. We love His presence. Those are when those things intersect in the context of authentic community. That's where transformation takes place. That's how we are changed. So I'm going to pray, Lord Jesus. I thank you for every individual in this room, God. You, God, we are fearfully and wonderfully made in Your image, Lord God. God, we're not accidents, mess ups, screw ups, Lord God. We we are divinely called, Lord Jesus. We are wonderfully made in your image, Lord God, and I just, Holy Spirit, I pray you would do what only you can do, Lord God, and you would, you would um, transform, God, us by your spirit, God. When we, when we contemplate, when we reflect the glory of the Lord God, you would change and transform us by your spirit, Lord God. You would make us more like Jesus by your spirit, Lord God. We just yield our hearts to you. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.